Yeah, we're transitioning, as I said, towards Advent and Christmas next year, but not without proclaiming that Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's why we gather on Sunday. It's why we seek to follow Him and lift Him up, because He is our beginning and our ending, our first and our last. He died, and behold, He is alive forevermore and gives to us the keys to everlasting life and abundant life here and now. What kind of king is Jesus? Well, we can see in this discourse, this dialogue between Pilate and him, a few things about the type of king that he desires to be for us and that he sought to be. And the first of those is that he came to reign within us, not over us as a king. To reign within us, inside in the human heart, not on the outside over us with laws and dictates and with power and with force. A very important distinction that he points out to Pilate. Now, there's a great contrast of kingdoms, a conflict of kingdoms here in the passage I read for you in John. There is the kingdom of this world that Pilate represents, the Roman Empire, the power and the money and the influence, and the law over all of the people of Israel and Palestine, and pretty much then the known world in a Western sense, and he exercises authority. Did you hear when the, the, the leadership of the temple, who was just fed up with Jesus in that last week of his life, because it was the high holy season of, of this uh, Passover that they brought him to Pilate because they wanted to silence him, even if it meant they had to give up one of their own as a sacrificial lamb to do so. But they weren't able to silence him because he had such a following and such a crowd, and so they appealed to a higher authority that he might give the order for Jesus to be crucified. Well, Isn't it interesting that these religious leaders, these Jewish leaders of of Jesus' own people and own ilk did not seek the higher power of God for how it is that they should deal with the struggles of the Israelites, but instead turned to the powers of this world instead. We need to be very careful in here, in this, that our hope and our trust does not come from the things of this world, And we certainly should not place our hope in the powers of this world. We like to do that, and it's it's in our nature as human beings to to want to be able to reign over ourselves and, and have people that we wish would reign over us and guide and direct us and take us where we need to go. And yet, time and again, Jesus said, it's it's not the things of this world and the power, it's within where you need to find rule is in your hearts. Jesus came to give to us a gift of, of peace and of joy and of completion that this world does not offer. And that comes from within. There's a, a theological term called free will that, that us Methodists believe strongly in. We are of the Armenian theological branch of the church, 
I know that's probably confusing to you. Let's just suffice it to say that John Wesley taught, and we believe that every human being has a choice in our lives whether to choose God or to choose our own way instead. There is that constant tension, if you will, between, between the things of self and the things of heaven. All of us have a choice to say yes to God and no to the world, or no to God and yes to the world. And all of us dance between the two at some point in time along the way. And we all live in the crux of the tension between the two. We remember from the very beginning the story of Adam and Eve in the Bible that, that they were given that choice, weren't they? To whether to choose God and trust God for everything or to seek out by their own knowledge and their own ways the way that they would live. We see in the middle of the Gospels this guy Peter that, that seeks to follow Jesus time and again, choosing not to speak up for him when he needs to be spoken up for, and choosing to follow his own inner urging to do what is right rather than to seek the kingdom of God. And the book of Revelation, the very end of the Bible, is, is all about people around the world having the choice to, to make that decision to say yes to God or not. Jesus came to rule within us, not over us. And so we don't look for him in the roar of armies or of the places of power, but instead in the quiet and the unassuming ways of love that are all around us and that we are called upon to create. Jesus was a king of a different kind, wasn't he? He was a king that came to live beside us and not beyond us. That's the second thing we point out. To be right here, right now, and to show us the way to live in love. I love the picture that I have up of Jesus' hands after he's resurrected. We remember that he was in the flesh, walking among us. That God understood the need for us to see something, to be able to follow an example. For us to truly learn to see God appearing among us in the flesh and showing us how it is that we should live. And not only that, but also how to, to lay down his life for us in a way that would deeply impact the world and change the very nature of who we are. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus made himself nothing, and he took the very nature of a servant, of a servant, being made in human likeness. And though being found in appearance of a person, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death, death upon a cross. Jesus came to show us that true power, power within to rule and change us did not come from the halls of power from high above and beyond our grasp but but right here among us there's a great story told by william boyer a historian that wrote a lot about american history about king george the third in england and this was revolutionary wartime he was the king during the fight for independence that our country had and from which our government and freedom has come. 
King George III grieved for the rest of his life, Boyer wrote, that he had lost the colonies under his watch, if you will. Uh, the word, they say, independence, whenever it was spoke, would bring about to him a, a, a red face and a, a attitude that almost would make him just come undone. King George III did not like the fact that Americans had declared independence and that, that the colonies had fallen out of his grasp during his reign. But at the end of the war, after, after things were signed and it was made official, King George and all of his royal cronies in Europe, and in fact, most of them were related by family, were sure that George Washington would have crowned himself emperor of the new world and become king of this new country, this new entity called America. And when he was told on the contrary, that Washington planned to surrender his military, military commission and return back to Mount Vernon to farm once again, he was quoted, King George III was, as saying, well, if he does that, he will be the greatest man in the world, for no one has ever done that. And King George III was wrong. Because Jesus gave up the power and the abilities that he had, the, the almighty gift of God within him to rule over the world in the ways that we would expect. He surrendered that and gave up that power that we might know greater power, one of God that walks with us. He later sent the Holy Spirit, but Jesus came, our God and our King in the flesh, to dwell among us and to show us the ways to live and love. And that's the sort of king that he was. Last, last but not least, Jesus is a king that comes to reign over us, to free us, not bind us up, to set us free in life, and to give us joy and peace and freedom, not nationally, as, as we Americans are used to think of being free, but the freedom of the human spirit, of the human heart, the freedom to let go of those things that chain us down and weight us in such a way that sometimes we question whether life is still worth living or not. We all have things that we get tripped up on and trapped in, things that captivate us in this world and, and will hold us back from truly living life as it's meant to be lived. Jesus came to set us free from those things. Our sins and mistakes of the past, our fears and, and worries of today, our, I guess, uncertainty of the future even, He came to show us that He, by the power of God, is our end-all and be-all. And if we will place our trust in Him, then all other things will take care of themselves. Jesus, when he was questioned by Pilate, said, um, You say that I'm a king, but in fact the reason I was born and came into the world was to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus came to give to us the truth about life. And it's not that we're just here for a power grab and for a, a, 
a mad rush to get everything and gather everything in life we can or make the most of it. He came to show us that there is something greater at work in us and through us that is powerful and of God, and it comes through the gift of freedom. Trusting in the cross, trusting in the empty tomb, not placing our trust in human beings, but in, in one who came as a human to go and give to us this freedom. Have you ever listened to the Clark Howard show before on the radio? I think he was on TV for a short period of time. He's this financial guy. He, he has kind of this quirky voice. He sounds like a teenager, like 12 years old. He's a really smart dude and fellow, and he talks about the area of finances. If you ever listen to it, I think it's on WSJS out of Winston-Salem AM. Um, his tagline for his show is how to save more, how to spend less, and how to avoid getting ripped off. He's a financial advisor about certain simple things in life, practices and principles that simply put people on better financial footing and, and don't allow us to squander uh, the gifts that we have in this life. I read something uh, from his website over the weekend about a Black Friday scam that is going around. You know, Black Friday is really not just on Friday anymore, but, but the retail world tells us that it's, it, it carries on into Monday, and then there's, there's a name for Tuesday of this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Why, they would name every day between now and Christmas, if they could, to help us buy more and to pad their pockets uh, for, for the sales. But there are scams that are going around, people lurking out there always trying to take advantage of folks that get hyped up and excited about going shopping during the holiday season. Did anybody go out for Black Friday shopping at the stores? A few that are willing to admit it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I went out uh, Saturday, but not Friday. But it used to be, especially when, when there was not Amazon and the Internet and all these ways to order and buy stuff online, there was, there was an emphasis on that Friday. And do you remember people used to mob stores and they would go and you'd hear a news report time after time or occasionally of someone beating someone else up to be able to get a bargain and buy something that they went to buy on that Black Friday. Maybe, uh, maybe that's not the case as much anymore, but, but there are people lurking out there in our online world that are trying to take advantage of people's credit cards, fake apps to download on your phone, other ways in which they are trying to take advantage of folks that are, are anxious and excited about spending money and may trip up and give their money or their information to people that would wipe them out. Wow, 50-something percent of stuff ordered in this week is from phones. And it is phones that are most vulnerable, said the article on, on the Clark Howard Show. I, I'm not trying to give you shopping tips for this holiday season, uh, but I'm tri simply trying to say that we 
as human beings are gullible to fall for just about anything when we get excited and when we truly place our hope and trust in it. There are people in this world that will place our future dreams and hopes in and, and know that they are the ones that are going to make things the way we want them to be. But that's not going to last forever, even if it is good for a while. There are deals that are just too good to be true, so it seems. And most often that is because they are too good to be true in reality. And yet we're gullible and we fall for the things of this world instead of the things of God. Plain and simple, we're reminded by Jesus coming into the world to not get ripped off by placing our hope and our trust in the wrong things, but simply to trust Christ as our King.